Hey guys. Well, today in our Mad Men series, and if, if you haven't been here before, what that means, the Mad Men, is um, it's about crazy relationships. So it's really Mad Men, Mad Women. It's just craziness in relationships and how to not have craziness in relationships. So today I want to talk about doing your part in relationship because usually if you have problems in your relationships, you ever think it's kind of the other person? <laughs> you know, normally you think, well, that's really the problem. I mean, how much do you think it's I'm the problem versus the other person is the problem? Well, and most of the time when I talk to people about their relationship uh, situations, whether it's family or romantic or, you know, friends, um, People like to focus on if they only this or they always do this or you know what I mean? Like if you're single, uh, we have our dating workshop uh, Facebook page and it's funny. People put things like all women are just money grubbers or all men are just players or you know like that there's this mentality that the problem is the other person. But guess what? You can't do bupkis about the other person in a relationship. There's nothing, like you don't get to control that. You don't get to choose. And it's not helpful to focus on wishing or hoping or trying to get the other person to change. It's not only disempowering, but you're actually allowing the other person to have power over your life to live that way. If you're sitting there waiting for the other person to change in a relationship, you're allowing someone else to have power over your life. So that's why, I, so really, uh, so I kind of want to take you through some steps of what you can be doing for your side of the relationship. And it's really interesting because it is possible if you do all the stuff that you're supposed to be doing, it can influence the other person in the relationship. You, there is that hope. The truth is, that's how you inspire people. But a lot of times everybody's saying, well, I would do that stuff if they would do this. You have to go first. If you want it to work, you have to be the one to go first. So we're going to take a look at what are the things that you can be doing. And these are things that are just good for you and good for the other person no matter what. Um, Actually, I want to take you to a verse of scripture in Romans 12, verse 21. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So it really is. It's like the most effective way to overcome whatever. If you're getting evil from somebody, like if that's, you know, in the mix there. The most effective way to overcome evil is not for you to get sucked in and tit for tat, you know, but to overcome evil with good. There is power in that. Although everybody's got free will, so you can do everything that you can do, and maybe the other person won't respond. And we'll talk about that as well. Um, you know, it's interesting, too, in, in marriage, because marriage is a challenge, there, if you look around, there's very few marriages that are awesome, right? Have you noticed that? Like, think right now. How many marriages do you think are awesome of people that you know? 
You know, people, I'm saying, not people that have survived their marriage. You know, those are usually considered, that is a huge success, just surviving marriage, right, today? Most of them don't last at all. So why is that? That's kind of a big deal. And a lot of it is because, well, the, you know, it's interesting because what marriage is, is it's two sinners being committed to each other for life and not leaving. It's two flawed people committed to one another for life and saying, I'm not walking out of here. So you can kind of see where the challenge is in that, can't you? You know, and part of it that's really hard is when people go into marriage and they're looking at not taking care of their part, but looking at if the other person would only do this, then what happens is that there's hurt and there's all kinds, like, you can have sometimes years of hurt, hurting one another and not do anything about it. It's very hard to overcome that. It's not impossible. I've seen people turn marriages around that are way down the road with a lot of hurt and still be able to turn things around. But it's more challenging. That's one of the reasons that we have the dating workshop that, we're, that we do um, is because it's so much easier now for the single people. It's so much easier to work on you in relationship before you get married or in a committed relationship. To build, and we're gonna talk about the habits and things I'm gonna talk about, you can work on right now as a single person in your other relationships because this stuff relates to all relationships, whether it's family, friends, everything. But to develop patterns where you are doing your part on a regular basis and seeing the fruit of that so that you can be prepared and have the equipment to get married and have a successful marriage and not have all the bad habits and hurt along the way. So that's why I wanna, you know, do, do you guys get why it's important to look at your part and to work on that? Okay, the other thing too, before I move on to this, you know, a lot of times, especially today the, with marriages, why they're ending this way is because people think that the fix is trading the person out. They think it surely will be better with another person. If you're looking at it that way, right? The, the problem is the other person. Then surely I just need to trade and get a new person and it'll be great. And that doesn't work very well if you've noticed. Because if you don't fix you, you bring the same crap into the next relationship. So why not work on it if you happen to be married and having some challenges, work on your stuff now in this relationship is, is a better solution than leaving the relationship, getting into a new one, having bad habits again, and nothing really changes. Okay. Now, some of the things, um, let's take a look at Matthew 7 because there's um, kind of a cool verse that <laughs> if we thought about this one more, it would kind of like solve a lot of decisions. And it's do unto others. Everybody's heard of that one, right? Even if, you, even if you have never cracked a Bible open, you've probably heard do unto others. So just some of the things I'm going to be going through definitely fall under that category, but it is, it says, well, I'll read it. It says, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophet. So thinking, it kind of takes all the guesswork out of a lot of decisions to just think, would I want that? How would I want somebody to handle this situation with me? 
Uh, I want to look at another one, which is one of my favorite verses, sections, uh, in Matthew 7 and verse 3. Uh, it says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, ah, oh, let me remove that speck from your eye, and look, there's a plank in your eye, like telephone pole, you can imagine. Telephone pole in your eye, but you see a speck in somebody else's, and you are determined that that's really where the problem is. I just think it's, I mean, you can imagine, there's, a, there's this really cool uh, video series called Matthew. It's um, the actual book of Matthew, word for word video, if you ever want to check it out. It's really cool, well acted. And the Jesus guy, the guy that plays Jesus, does this thing it, when he's, because this is Jesus speaking. And he's like, he picks up this giant pole and he's like, hey, let me get the speck out of your eye. And he doesn't know, you know, it's. You could probably think that there's some humor. I mean, just looking at this verse, doesn't it sound like it's intended to be a little bit of a joke here? <laughs> but it's so human, right? We've all done it. You know, it says, let me remove the speck from your eye. Look, there's a plank in your eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. <laughs> you know... <laughs> It's funny, but we've all done this. When we do it again, it just doesn't allow us to work on our own stuff. One of the most heartbreaking times I did this, I mean, and it's been more than once, um, is <laughs> when I was uh, married the first time, uh, I was just never, fa I had never been faithful in any relationship I had been in, including to him, and um, I was looking to get into an awesome relationship with somebody else while I was married. You know, talk about being an idiot and hurtful. I mean, obviously, I mean, it just, it, I, I disgust myself thinking, it's hard, you know, I just look, oh, ha. Now it makes sense to me that it's insane behavior. How many are going to get an awesome husband looking for a husband while I'm married? What kind of awesome person would want somebody like that? Not going to happen. So part of this is why even before you get into romantic relationships, you want to work on your own stuff and just have it be a habit that you keep looking at what is it that I can be looking at. For instance, even in a relationship, anytime you see a flaw in another person, take some time out. It, this has really blessed me and helped my heart a lot. No matter what it is, take some time out to say, does this live in me somehow? It doesn't hurt any. Guys, if you see something in another person that disgusts or bothers you, it really doesn't hurt to go, hmm, maybe it does live in you small and in them big. You know, I think God's sense of humor, um, there have been times where he put somebody in my life to minister to that, you know, were like super, st I remember a couple of people in particular that this lives for me that were so hard to talk to. They just were stubborn and really hard, but what was really helpful is when I looked at whatever they were struggling with in me, for one, it softened my heart, and then even just sharing it with them helped them to soften their heart so that they could hear the stuff that they're stuck on. You know, it's what a, it, way different if I had sat there and said, you know what your problem is, versus, well, let me tell you, I struggle with this myself. 
you know, and it just softens your heart. It gives you humility. Just have it be that when somebody has a flaw of some kind that you see, just take some time to reflect and just see. It doesn't hurt. Do you know what I'm saying? Even if you're the speck and they're the plank, it doesn't hurt. Do you know what I'm, does that make sense? The Bible talks about washing your cup out first. We want to just be people that are constantly willing to do that. It keeps you compassionate, keeps you humble, etc. John 15 and verse 17, it says, these things I command you that you, what? Love one another. That's a command. You know what? There's never a time that you can't love. Because love is not a feeling. We talked about that two weeks ago. Love is a decision. Love is behaving a certain way. You know? The, love is behavior, and you make a choice to behave that way. You can always love in a relationship with the love of God. Let's, um, now, I want to take a look at another concept as far as relationship that you can also always do in relationship. And it's something that Steve, uh, Stephen Covey talks about, putting deposits into a person's emotional bank account. This is another thing. We're gonna, I'm going to look at some verses for this. No matter what, it doesn't hurt you. You ever think that to give somebody validation, if it's real, I mean, don't blow smoke up people's butts, but, you know, <laughs> that's not a blessing. <laughs> Do you like getting compliments that somebody doesn't mean? Yeah, do unto others, right? So, but does it hurt you, Annie? To say what's valuable or give validation or affirmation to somebody about real stuff. Even if somebody's hurt you, does it hurt you to do that to somebody? It doesn't. It doesn't cost you anything. We have this idea somehow that there's ego involved, that you can't give anything good out if somebody's been hurtful to you. Do you know? Like, you got to be withholding. That does not protect your heart. We think it does, but it doesn't. Giving love to somebody, it just doesn't cost you anything. You know, we're going to talk next week about how to have conversations and speak up in a way um, about things, but I want to just talk about the fact that in it, you can. You can put deposits into somebody's emotional bank account. And basically, the way that relationships work is you're either making deposits or withdrawals from that bank account. You think about it. There are ways that we make withdrawals when we break trust, when we're dishonest, when we're hurtful, when we say hurtful things. You know, well, we'll actually, I want to look at this verse that has some, some of these that you can take a look at. The ones that we did from a couple weeks ago on love, deposits would be the love part, right? You know, that you can do. It's win-win. You know, it doesn't cost you anything. They don't have power over you because you said something nice to them. Do you, do you, we think that, right? You ever think, oh, if I do this, they'll, be over, they'll get over on me. They don't. It's a gift. You can give it. It's like, what did they hurt? You know, like, how did they get you that way? You know, you say somebody, you're talented or, you know, I believe your intentions are at least good. <laughs> I was just thinking about <laughs> somebody who says, uh, told me I was so fat that, that they were really concerned for my health, that um, my knees were going to give out at this weight. And they were just going on and on. And their heart was in a good place. 
was just like, I really, I, my, seriously, my health is not in danger. Oh, yes, it is. It is in danger. I, like, I, I'm seriously concerned that your knees are going to give out, and this is going to, you're going to have a heart attack at this weight. And I've gained some weight, so. Um, but I was like, well, I, I appreciate that you care about me, but I, I kid you not, been to the doctor, my health is good, don't have any high cholesterol, you know, et cetera. They were just like, but they meant well. I believe that. I believe that they did. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Ephesians 4, <laughs> in verse 31, we see some deposits and withdrawals. Let all bitterness, that be a withdrawal. Wrath, another withdrawal. Anger, clamor, evil speaking, be put away with you with all malice. Those are withdrawals. Here are some deposits. And be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. It's good to be tender-hearted to people. Hard-heartedness is not helpful. Even, to, you know, be tender-hearted and guess what? Forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. You can always forgive, too. This is another one that you can, all of these things I'm saying you can do no matter what the circumstance. You can forgive no matter what. Now, I want to just point this out because there's confusion between what forgiveness is, and I, I mentioned this a, a while back, but I think it's worth repeating. You can forgive somebody and not trust them. If somebody's broken trust, you don't need to trust them again. In fact, it would be foolish to do that, and it really wouldn't be loving. Trusting somebody again, like, that has broken trust, it's not loving the other person. As Danny pointed out, it's just sort of like it's one of those things that it sounds nice and everything, but trusting somebody that has broken trust deeply to trust them again is not only hurtful to you, but it's hurtful to them. Somebody needs to earn trust if they've broken it, depending upon what that is. If somebody's cheated on you, they need to earn trust. You know what it should look like if you're in a relationship, somebody cheated, they, they should be able to have your passcodes to your phone, or do you know what I mean? Like, until there's been a history that ain't, ain't gonna happen again, it would be foolish and hurtful just to act like everything's hunky-dory. You have no basis for it. If somebody trusts, you know, do you see what I'm saying? We see it in the physical things. I, I always talk about the car. Somebody wrecks your car drunk driving, you don't give them the keys to your new car. It's really obvious. Why do we think that it's supposed to work that way on the heart things that people trust somebody immediately? It's not good for them either. It's not like you're trying to be a jerk. It really is the loving thing to say, I don't trust you. You know, so it's different, but you can forgive. Forgive means they don't, they don't got to pay and you can move, you know, you can let go. Uh, another one that you can give all the time is respect, respecting somebody. You can, there is never a time that you don't need, that it's not good and a blessing to be respectful. Respect other people's choices if people are different from you, that they get to choose. You might not like their choice, but respecting the fact that everybody gets to make choices. As adults, they get to make, everybody gets to make choices for themselves. Whether you agree with it, whether you think it's ethical, moral, what have you, you can be respectful to somebody about differences, about opinions, um, et cetera. Not withdraw or manipulate, um, et cetera. Okay, another one I want to go to. It's a great verse of scripture. This is also from Stephen Covey's. Um, it's a good book, uh, Seven F Habits of Highly Effective Families. I read that many years ago. It's good stuff. 
so many of these just stuck in my heart. He's, um, it's seek first to understand and then be understood. We're always wanting to get our word out and have people go, wait, wait, I, no, listen to me. No, no, listen to me, you know? Like you get offended, you don't want to hear what somebody else has to say. It never hurts you to hear what somebody else has to say. There's always, you can always listen and look at this verse, I love it. It says in James 1 in verse 19, it says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to what? Okay, swift, quick, hear, and slow to what? Speak. Quick to hear, slow to speak. Slow to wrath, slow to anger. So we want to be eager to hear what somebody else has to say. It does not cost you anything. You're going to, and the truth is, is if you're willing to hear what somebody else has to say, most likely they'll be a little softer hearted to hear what you've got to say. If you're hearing... And not just listening, but trying to understand why they feel that way. Without a judgment or a right wrong, you can at least understand. They could be dead wrong on something, but it, I'll tell you, if you just listen and try to understand why they feel that way, it just helps. So, and you know what? You can at least say that. I can understand why you'd feel that way. I don't agree, but I do understand. I could see it. I could see where you would come to that conclusion or, or what have you. Sometimes there's hurts or, or, or misunderstandings in a in relationship. You want to hear the person says, I felt hurt. I felt like you abandoned me. I felt like you weren't there for me, etc." You can say, I can understand why you'd feel that way. But I do care about you. I wasn't trying to abandon you, you know, like, etc." So always be quick to hear but with a heart of at least stepping into their shoes. We do this, um, it's kind of this thing that, um, it's what I teach my actors to do, and, uh, and what we talk about in the ambassador program as far as training people for ministry, is you always take time just to understand, even if it's a different religion or a different point of view, just to wanna be curious. It doesn't hurt you. I, I, you know, I, I, there were times I was around Christians that would be so, like, feel like they have to shut somebody up if they had a different point of view about faith or religion. Somebody would go, they'd be like, no, they'd want to talk over them. And seriously, like, to hear why somebody else thinks the way that they think, how does that hurt you? You know, just to take time to hear it out and to understand. But as an, an actor, one of the things that we do is um, to, uh, that we teach people to bring a role alive is to step into somebody's shoes and try and see through their eyes and just see. To have compassion and just try and get it and understand. It's a different place than you're at, but to just understand. Anyway. Um, oh, let's do another one. Philippians 2 and verse 3. It says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let's, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Now, it's interesting because you think of this as, you ever think, well, I'm going to get walked all over if I do that. You know, treating somebody that, as having more like where you're relating in a way that I value them more than me, I know that's so anti-culture stuff does not mean doing whatever that person wants. 
doesn't mean giving them everything that they want. doesn't mean any of that. You know, boundaries, which we're going to also talk about in this series, are good not just for you, but for the other person as well, to set boundaries on things, to set limits on things. It's not helpful, as Danny mentioned, too, in his, you know, th- um, talking about the ambassador program, it, it's not helpful to just give somebody everything that they want. Just think about kids. What if you did that with children? You know, it's just like, um, people want things that are hurtful for themselves. If you've got somebody in your relationship that's an alcoholic addict and they're asking you to lie for them, I'm sorry, it's not helping them. You know, that is not, that hurts them. Do you see what I'm saying? And in some ways, it's hard to say no to people, isn't it? Sometimes no is the most loving thing you can do to some, you know, to somebody. Say no. You know, that would be looking for their interest. Maybe you're uncomfortable saying no, but that's what they need to hear. Guess what? It's loving somebody else more than yourself to say no. Doesn't that make sense? It's not giving somebody everything that they want. So, but, but, so it won't hurt you. You know what I'm saying? Doing something that's seriously in the best health and blessing to another person shouldn't be something destructive to you. Anything hurtful to you is not in somebody else's best interest. Do you see how that works? God is win-win. There is no, God's not for one person and against another. God's for everybody. And so all of these things are win-win situations. Also, you don't want to moralize preferences. People do that in relationships. Put a moral right-wrong over just what I prefer. You know, I like being a little messy. Somebody else likes being really clean. It's not, I'm sorry, it's not a sin to leave your socks on the floor. (laughs) It's just not. Like, people have different, (laughs) we we got somebody who's very happy about that. (laughs) You know, but people get into moral battles about things that are just preferences in lifestyle and make them a right wrong kind of a thing, as opposed to, you know, in relationship, it says the Bible talks about yielding in insignificant matters. To not insist on on you needing your right, your privilege on small stuff. In your relationship, you want to pick your battles, and if you really want to stand up and speak up for something, have it be about character issues, not about stupid small stuff. You know, you're going to wear stuff out if it's like, you know, constantly some kind of conflict over things that don't really matter too much and that you want to be accepting that people are different. There's nothing terrible about that. Um, let's go to Proverbs 29. Another thing that you want to do is self-control is a huge part of relationship. You cannot, no one can be awesome in relationship without being good at self-control. If you don't got that, you're going to suck at relationships. Just, just telling you. If you don't got that. And there's a bunch of things you got to have some self-control over. And self-control does not come automatically. It takes time and it takes discipline. And the Bible says self-control, you need others to help you to be disciplined in areas you don't got right now. If there's areas that you're not disciplined in, you need others help. Other discipline discipline from God and others to help you have discipline in certain areas. 
Um, that's what's awesome about the body of Christ. So self-control, one of the ones, like, for instance, postponing gratification. If you have to feel good right now, wow, you're going to hurt a lot of people. You know, if everything is about what I got to feel like right now and what feels good to me and that that's what's running your life and making your decisions, immediate gratification. Proverbs 29 and verse 11, it says, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. So you want self-control. Remember we talked about the whole thing in emotions. You know, if you let your emotions make all of your choices and decisions, you're going to hurt people and hurt yourself. James 1 and verse 26, it says, If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but he deceives his own heart, this one's religion's useless. So your tongue, the Bible says that there's a lot of power in the tongue. It's really a big deal to have power over your tongue, to not just blurt out stuff that you're feeling and to learn how to in a disciplined way. And that's what we're going to talk about next week is how to speak up about hard things. You can say anything about the hardest stuff possible in a way that's loving and respectful. It's a discipline it takes time to do. Withholding things and not sharing what's going on with you is also hurting a relationship. That's not good in relationship either. Have you ever been hurt for somebody by somebody that's withheld things going on for them until it was too late? It hurts a lot. So that's, not, that's something you want to get used to being able to speak up. You want to control your tongue from not saying below-the-belt things, you know. If you're married, you shouldn't be threatening divorce, you know. Just, it's just stuff like that. You shouldn't be in the mix uh, unless you're going to really do it. Um, stuff like that. In Ephesians 4.26, we talked about this last week, too, with emotions. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. That you don't stay angry, that you fix things, that you resolve things, that you talk about it, you don't shove it down. Which, um, And then my eighth point of something that you can do is to have integrity that what you see is what you get. And we're going to talk about that more next week when we talk about how to communicate things in relationship. But you want to be somebody where there's not surprises, where you're representing that you're one thing in relationship, but you got all kind of stuff going on that's not seen kind of thing, where you're an integrated person like that. Um, so it's cool. Like, we can. It, it's freeing to learn how to be an amazing person in relationship. Your relationships might change around a little bit. We're going to do a segment, too, on choosing your friends wisely, you know, because I think sometimes people just pick their friends kind of accidentally. You know, it's nice to have friends and everything, but you need to have good people in your life that are wise to have as friends as far as for your deepest needs stuff goes. But it's possible to be somebody that's awesome in relationship. You're going to draw better friendships to you in that, make all of your relationships better. And if there's somebody that's open and willing, they will be impacted positively. If somebody's not going to be influenced at all by you doing all this stuff like all this healthy stuff, these are really not people you should have super close in your life. You know, if, there, if it has zero impact, if you're doing your part and there's, it's not getting any kind of response, the person's not coming around at all, probably shouldn't be super close people in your life that you're trusting with your needs. So anyway, another session of Mad Men, Mad Women. Let me close in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the fact that you made relationships and we can have 
great relationships. It's possible. God, all we can do is do our part, but you are with us. We're not alone. You take care of us. You take care of our heart in this, God. Help us to be people that are looking at our stuff and taking the plank out of our own eye and not focusing on the specks in somebody else's eye, God. Um, Thank you for these things. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.